I came here today expecting God to move and demonstrate in the life of those that are gathered here. If I pray in an unknown tongue, wow, aren't you thankful for praying in tongues when you do hear and when you do see? Amen. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit is praying. When I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. My mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps no one. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Paul again. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So, these passages, without expounding on them in a greater way, if you take these passages and really get them in your heart, just like this one in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. And when you hear those that have not accepted the truth that Jesus commanded that the believers be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of praying in tongues. You can say, and, and they'll use, well, uh, and they have all kinds of different reasons. I, I don't want to address the half glass of water, amen? Stay with the full glass of water. It tells us right here, we're not talking to men. We're talking to God. And you know, we ought to be able, don't we live in a free country? We should be able to talk to God anytime, anywhere, at any place, at any moment of our life. If you think about the reality of that, that is what belongs unto us. Be bold enough to take a stand for what you believe. And I got news for you. If you're not bold enough, If you're not bold enough to take that stand with a person that you can see face to face, how will you ever be bold enough to take a stand against a spirit that you don't see? Come on. Did I finish 14.2? For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Let's go back to that phrase. For no man understandeth him. Dear one, the world's not going to understand your faith in the word of God if they have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. You've got believers that have accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord and they don't have an understanding of the gifts of the Spirit. Are praying in tongues. It is available. And your response should always be, God's entire word is available to all, but there's an ingredient. It takes faith to trust him in that word. So when you're willing to trust his word, you'll see what I see. I'm not talking about you. I'm telling you what to say out there to the unbelievers. Amen. 
And then, the, and, and then don't get, you know, some people say, but you can't come against somebody's will. I never said come against anybody's will. You present the case. Let them make the decision about what their choice in life is. Amen. So Jeremiah 33, 3, the prophet Jeremiah says, call. What is that? Cry out, proclaim, utter a loud sound unto me. I will answer. I will respond and speak unto thee and show and make known unto thee. Can it get any plainer, church? Can it get any plainer? Now, if you're sitting in here and you're thinking, well, I've heard these scriptures. I got news for you. Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing. You cannot hear these passages. You can't overindulge. You can't study the word too much. Amen. Call, cry out, proclaim, utter a loud sound unto me, and I will answer. I will respond and speak unto thee and show and make known unto thee. Great things, great in importance, great in intensity, great in number, large in magnitude and extent. I will show thee mighty things, mysteries and secrets, which thou knowest, consider, perceive, see, or recognize not. And then in First Timothy, another supporting passage, First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles. What is the subject under discussion, church? Prayer produces power. Paul said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, let there be supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made. For whom, church? Didn't say your favorite, did it? Didn't say just your spouse and no more. Didn't say your spouse, your children, no more. Didn't say just where you live. Didn't say just your family. For all. When you read comments that some person, some individual that obviously appears not to be born again, and you know who the law of, the understand the law of association, and you know of whom they previously were associated with, and you know from a witness of their character and nature, what do we do? How do we pray for them? They need a perfect labor crossing their path. They need someone to present the gospel to them. They're not excluded, in other words, is what I'm trying to say. Many, many times I find myself saying, Lord, for the one closest to entering into eternity to hell. God loves that person. That's how we have to look at it. God loves the unlovely. It's easy for you and I to love the lovable or the lovely. Every one of us have to work at loving the ugly. And there's enough of ugly, but there's enough of us. Oh, guess what I just heard here? It's not in your power and might. It's in my love. It's my spirit that abides within your spirit that enables and empowers you to love the unlovable. How sweet. We're to pray, supplicate, prayer in a session. 
giving of thanks for all men, for kings, that's our president, for all that are in authority, that we may what? Mercy me, do we need uh, to be able to lead a quiet and peaceable life. Don't you long for that as a believer? In all godliness and honesty. So what are supplications? Earnest and noble request or petitions. That's what supplications are. Earnest and humble request or petitions. As we've already said, what are prayers? Prayer is simply communication and addressing with God. It's a conversation that we're to have. What I'm trying to tell you, our motivation in life, especially now, should be to hear from heaven, to hear from God. And he's a gentleman. And uh, I don't know if you uh, are one that cares for Andre Pacella. Personally, he's absolutely one of my favorites. I love it when there are interviews with him. And he talks about being quiet, having the spirit of being quiet where he can hear from God. To me, he is an amazing individual. And I believe that he's truly a born-again person, a child of God. Intercessions is the act of intervening on behalf of others. So what we've taken, we've taken 1 Timothy 2, verse 11, and where Paul said, first of all, what we're supposed to do, I exhort, therefore, first of all, that you have supplications. Well, we ought to know what supplications are. He said prayers. We ought to know what prayer, He's how he's talking. Intercessions. He's saying the act of intervening on behalf of others. It is holding fast to his word and refusing to let go. We have those in our present today. They need us to intercede and take hold together with them. The reason I never give up is because I find it in the Word. When I find it in the Word, and I know I've got God's Word on it, then I know what my part is. Amen? So holding fast to His Word and refusing to let go. And then what is giving of thanks? Simply expressing gratitude to God. Expressing gratitude to God. So another supporting scripture is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Again, the Apostle Paul, and we know that Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3 are anointed prayers by the Spirit of God. He gave them to Paul for us to know how to pray for Christians. Amen? So Paul said, and I, Paul, I pray that the eyes of your heart... You want to know how to pray for a believer? You got someone that you know that they're in the family of God, but they're not walking in full illumination, full enlightenment, full understanding, full comprehension of the Word of God. This is how we're to pray. That the eyes of your heart... What is that? The very center and core of your being. Most people, I don't know about you, but I'll talk about me. I listen from here. It's filtered through here, but when people are talking, right here is my hearing aid, my hearing assistant. 
right in my spirit. I want to know. You may be moving your mouth and speaking words. I want to know how my spirit or how the Holy Ghost in my spirit is hearing what you say so that I have the true perception of God, of what your words and motivation of your words are. And you can train yourself to do that. And it will keep you out of a lot of difficulty in life. Amen? So, he said, the very core of your being may be enlightened, flooded, flooded with the light and illumination of the Holy Spirit. So why? Why does he want us to pray this? So that we will know and cherish the hope. So that we will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation. I came here today expecting something. But I didn't come here expecting for me. I came in this building today expecting for you. I came here today expecting God to move and demonstrate in the life of those that are gathered here. Why here? Because when you come here, you're showing an expectancy. You yourself are demonstrating an an expectancy, I hope, of experiencing the presence of God, the power of God, the love for others that you would assemble yourselves together with like precious faith in behalf of others. No doubt about it. I dare say every person here has someone, a loved one, that we want the power of God working in their life, illuminating, bringing enlightenment and understanding that they may know what is the hope and the call, the length, the breadth, the depth of the God that we say we believe in. Why would we want anything less for anyone? Why would we want anything less for anyone different than how God created Adam and Eve? He trusted Adam so much. He said, you name them. Adam had such a brilliant mind. Think about everything that he named. That's power. That's a God. And his power that he lives within us. He didn't shortchange us, church. His arm's not short. His power has not diminished. He's just waiting for someone that will believe him enough and use the name, that name that is above every name.